Welcome to the Dash Mindset Podcast. I'm Sherry Ziedenbergen. You were born, you're gonna die, and your adventure is your dash in between. So make the most of it. Unlock your potential in all aspects of your dash by embracing your uniqueness and living in a way that's authentic to you. Not by doing more things, but by focusing on the right things. I'm a former corporate leader turned coach who's on my own journey, and I'm passionate about helping you on your journey too. So on the podcast, we'll explore how to live authentically by deciphering who you truly are and what you truly want. Are you ready to take a step toward designing your dash? Someday doesn't actually exist. So let's do it now. Hello there and welcome to the Dash Mindset Podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about something that has been a challenge for me for a long time. And I would love for you to consider whether or not it's something that you have been challenged by as well at some point in your life, maybe every day. It kind of feels like something I have been dealing with on a daily basis since, I don't know, birth. So maybe you can relate. So something I've always struggled with is focusing on what I don't have, focusing on what's left, focusing on what I still need to improve, what I still have to do. And it can get exhausting. And if you can relate, you're probably exhausted too. And it's one of those things that there's never really a finish line. We might think for a bit that there's a finish line. And then when we reach the finish line, we immediately move it. And maybe we accomplish the thing. Maybe, I don't know if this has ever actually happened, but maybe you've experienced crossing everything off of your to-do list for a day. I don't know. I don't know if I've experienced that or not. (laughs) Maybe I've created a different to-do list and then crossed things off that I actually completed. I don't know. But we focus a lot of times as humans, we focus on what we have yet to achieve, on what we have yet to gain, on what we have yet to accomplish, all the things. And it's something that I have drastically improved in my life, but it's still something I'm working on every single day. So it's something I want to talk about today because I recently, well, okay, a couple hours ago, I finished the book, 10X is Easier Than 2X by Dan Sullivan and Dr. Benjamin Hardy. And this particular book really struck me. And my husband would laugh hearing me say that because I read lots of books and I'm generally saying to him, oh my gosh, you have to read this book. This book is amazing. And he'll say, "Uh uh-huh, is it more amazing than the last one? (laughs) But this one, this one really, really is. Uh, So really my... I don't know that there was anything in this particular book that did not resonate for me, that did not shift my thought process a little bit. And it, generally speaking, really aligned to my general thought process. But the way they put it into words and just the way they frame things was so impactful to me. So I want to share some of the book with you today because I'm hoping it's impactful for you too. And if you can relate to the idea of focusing on what is next, what you still need, what you still want, all those things, I'm really hoping this is going to be just as impactful for you. So I'm actually going to read a portion of the book, which I recognize might seem a little cheesy, okay? But I'm cheesy, so it's on brand. It's also efficient. And if you're asking yourself, okay, seriously, Sherry, you're really going to read from this book because I haven't been 
read to since kindergarten, you know what? I encourage you to just sit back and relax because if you're like me, you probably didn't appreciate kindergarten enough at the time, right? You were ready to get on to the next thing. Like, well, like we are in a lot of things in life. And I think back to kindergarten now and I think, really, did I not appreciate that to the degree I should have? Because there were nap times, there was snack time. I mean, come on. So sit back and pretend you're in kindergarten. Go get us, I don't know, some milk and cookies if you need to. But I'm going to read from this because I know that you can read. I'm assuming you can read. Um, I believe in you. And you can also listen to the book, which I encourage you to do after this. But sometimes the whole idea of downloading a book or buying a book and actually sitting and reading it can seem pretty daunting because we have lots of things to do, (laughs) right? And it's really hard to just sit down and read a book. So I want to at least share a portion of the book that was particularly impactful for me. And I'll add some thoughts here and there, but I just really liked the way it's put in a word. So a little context. So Dan Sullivan is founder of Strategic Coach, and he has been coaching entrepreneurs in particular for, I don't know, 50-ish years, a long time, half a century. And I was not particularly familiar with his work, so um, which fascinates me in itself because I feel like, well, I should know all of the, the coaches, and I thought I did, but I was not aware of Dan Sullivan. And he he focuses particularly on entrepreneurs. However, this message is not specific to entrepreneurs. So just keep that in mind. And then Benjamin Hardy is a psychologist, an organizational psychologist. So just the, the fact that in, in itself, that the two of them worked together to write a book is really um, impactful because each of them has different strengths, uh, different unique abilities, and um, so also something to consider. So here we go. I'm going to start. The gap in the game. Your level of capability in the future depends upon your measurement of achievements in the past. You can't move forward and grow until you've acknowledged how far you've come and have properly measured your gains. So that's a quote from Dan Sullivan. And you might be saying to yourself, okay, but I don't feel like I've achieved anything. Okay, well, if that's the case, that's kind of the point here. Because we do have a tendency to dismiss what we have done to dismiss what we do have, to dismiss how far we've come. So if you're feeling that way, just hold tight, hold tight, work with me here. Um, I'm going to read a little bit more. Um, Another thing I want to add. So one of the reasons why this occurred to me is one, I just finished the book this morning. Very impactful. Another reason is because it's Thanksgiving time. So if you're celebrating Thanksgiving and, you know, around Thanksgiving is when we come to the realization that, okay, we should be thankful for things. We should be grateful. Sometimes that's hard to do because we're so focused on what we still need, right? Or still want, or still haven't accomplished all the things. This isn't specifically about gratitude. It's not specifically about contentment. It's focusing on the gap versus the gain, which when we focus on the gain instead, leads us to having more gratitude about things. And so before I I talk more about it, or before I read more from the book, just a little bit uh, more context. So the gap is really when we focus on what I have struggled with throughout my life, which is what I still haven't accomplished. Okay, that's when we're focused on the gap. It's It's the gap between where we are and our ideal. The gain is when we focus on the progress we've made, okay? And another way to say that is when we focus on our 
deficiencies versus our development. And when, when we focus on the gap, when we focus on where we're still deficient, it's it, that's not empowering. That's not inspiring. I mean, that doesn't feel good, right? But when we focus on, hey, wait a minute, this is how far I've come. We're far more likely to feel good, right? That's going to really trigger more positive emotions in us. And Generally speaking, we want to be happy, right? So that's where I'm coming from here. I'm going to go on. While leading a strategic coach workshop over 25 years ago in the mid-1990s, which by the way, that doesn't seem that long ago to me. So the fact that that's 25 years ago is a bit unsettling. Okay, that was me, not Dan. Dan Sullivan made an important realization. He noticed that despite having objectively achieved a lot over the previous three to 12 months, many of his entrepreneurial clients devalued that progress Said another way, they were dissatisfied and even emotionally negative toward what they'd accomplished. One client in particular was so negative that Dan came up with a model that became the gap and the gain. Dan was asking the group of entrepreneurs to reflect on and discuss the progress they'd made personally and as a business the previous 90 days since their last workshop. This client was insistent that absolutely nothing positive had occurred since they'd last met. Nothing? Dan asked. Yes, absolutely nothing, the man replied. Well, didn't you say you'd gotten a new client and that your team was working on some important projects? Yes, but that stuff doesn't matter because we missed a lot of opportunities that we should have had. We should be a lot further along than we are now. This man was in the gap. Any of that resonate for you? It certainly did for me. The gap is a lens by which you measure what is against what could be. In the gap, you're measuring what is against what you believe should be. When you're in the gap, you're measuring yourself or your situation against an ideal. So I want to pause here for a second. I want to emphasize that I'm not suggesting we shouldn't have an ideal. I'm not suggesting that we should just be content with what is. Because when we become complacent, when we become content and we don't grow, then there's no growth and we're not reaching for our potential, right? And we're just, we're settling. We're, we're shooting for status quo. Nothing about that is thrilling. It might be comfortable, but not thrilling. So just keep that in mind. When I'm, when I'm talking about ideal, that's not what they're suggesting here. Another thing I want to mention is the organizational psychologist, uh, Benjamin Hardy, who wrote the book, he has, I, I think he's written five books. He has PhD. He has six kids, something crazy, right? So <laughs> he's writing this book on top of all of that. And so the next section here, he's talking a little bit about an experience he has is with, with his kids. Six, again, six children. That's half a dozen. This happens so much that it's the conventional mode of operating for most people. Take, for example, my children who come to the dinner table when it's time to eat. Sometimes they'll get to the table and let out a huge sigh of disappointment that dinner isn't something else. Rather than appreciating the meal mom worked so hard to make and the fact that they have a nice home, a nice family, and a warm dinner to eat, they devalue the whole experience because they're measuring it against some arbitrary ideal in their mind. This resonates for me, and I'm thinking particularly about my children here. Okay, moving on. Now, let me be really clear because this is a highly nuanced yet simple idea which can be easily misunderstood. Being in the gain which we will go into more in a moment, isn't simply about being grateful for what you have and where you are. Despite not being gratitude, being in the game does trigger an enormous amount of gratitude, among other things, including confidence, wisdom, inspiration, and excitement. The gap and the gain aren't about gratitude or lack of gratitude. Being in either the gap or the gain is purely about how you're measuring yourself 
and your experiences. I'll detail the effects of measuring yourself in the gap first, then explain the positively transformative effects of measuring yourself and everything else in the game. Dan's client was measuring himself, his life, his wife, and his business against an ideal in his mind. He was upset and frustrated that he wasn't where he thought he should be. By measuring himself against his ideal, not only was he devaluing where he currently was, but he was also devaluing his entire past. When you're in the gap, then your past becomes a problem. It becomes a nightmare because your past isn't what it should have been. You're not where you should be as a person. Having a problematic past doesn't support creating a bigger future. On the contrary, having negative energy, emotions, and created meaning about your past only perpetuates the fact that your future won't be any different. Now, surprisingly, this client's gap mindset ended up corroding and destroying everything he claimed mattered to him, leading to his inevitable divorce and loss of ambition. Eventually, chasing ideals stops being fun when you've made it your habit to measure yourself against them, feeling the burden again and again and again of never being enough. When my children were upset about the dinner on the table, they were measuring their experience against an ideal in their mind. As a result, they not only devalued the benefit they just received, but they were also worse off emotionally for having gotten dinner. Okay, I'm going to interject here again. Something that has happened to me and I've heard from a number of people I've worked with, we have a tendency to have this ideal in mind when it comes to things such as vacations, when it comes to lots of things. But a particular instance that comes to mind for me is I remember when my boys were little, I had this hallmark commercial in my mind of how fun it would be to make Christmas cookies with them. And, you know, in the commercials, there's not flour anywhere. There's, um, you know, kids aren't picking their nose and licking their fingers. I mean, they look like little Pottery Barn kids and everything's clean. Or I don't know, maybe it's not, but somebody comes in and cleans up afterward. There were no cameras here when we made cookies. No Hallmark, I don't know, personnel. It was just me and the kids. And actually... <laughs> My husband in the other room laughing because he knew the ideal I had in my mind that didn't actually, you know, pan out, right? So the boys are licking their fingers, they're eating frosting. And what happened for me was I was just saying, oh, keep your hands out of your mouth. Oh, go wash your hands. Go wash your hands. Yeah. Oh, stop eating the frosting. And rather than really just being in the moment and knowing, oh, right, they're, you know, two and four or whatever they were at the time. I was so focused on this Hallmark version that I had in my head, as illogical as it was, that I wasn't truly enjoying it. So something I have come to recognize is that I really need to play out in my mind what the real version of something is going to look like so that I'm not focused on, oh, what it should be or what it could be or what I had envisioned. So if it's helpful to you at all, and maybe you're making starting to make Christmas cookies now. Um, I don't know that I've made them since, but you know, if that's helpful in any way, just, just picture my kids licking fingers and potentially picking their nose. I don't know. Also, I, we didn't give the cookies to anyone. So just, just know that. Back to the book. That's the disturbing part of being in the gap. You've technically made progress, but you feel worse as a result because of the framing you've placed on that progress, measuring it against what it should be. You can be in the gap about anything, and usually people who tend to be in the gap are in the gap a lot. Perhaps the most destructive form 
the gap can take is when you're in the gap about other people, wherein you only see where those who support you, like your employees, are not measuring up. While writing The Gap and the Gain, which by the way is another book that was written, this point particularly hit me hard. I'm a father of six kids, and I realized how often I'm in the gap about my kids, especially the ones we adopted a few years back through the foster system. When I'm in a gap about my kids, I'm measuring them against ideals for where I think they should be. Most sadly, though, when I'm in the gap about my kids, I'm not seeing all the ways they've actually grown and progressed, either short-term or long-term, which are substantial. By putting my kids in the gap, not only do I devalue them, but I teach them to devalue themselves. I teach them that their success and happiness are an unreachable ideal, which they can forever pursue, but will never indeed realize. Measuring yourself against ideals is a losing battle, even for the most positive and idealistic among us. The reason is simple. Ideals aren't stable. They're constantly changing based on where you're presently at. Ideals are like the horizon in the desert. No matter how many steps you take toward the horizon, it continues extending out ahead of you. When you're measuring yourself against ideals, it's like measuring yourself against the moving horizon and then being mad at yourself for not being at the horizon. Newsflash, you can't ever reach the horizon. I want to interject there again. So when I was in college, I went to London for, I don't know, a month or something and took some classes and it was an amazing experience. And a friend of mine was also traveling at the time. So he and I met up, we went to Paris for the weekend, all kinds of funny stories around that too, because um, they weren't particularly friendly to us as Americans. And my um, friend gave me a heads up and said, Sherry, (laughs) they might not be nice to you. It's okay. (laughs) But anyway, we had just gotten there. We're walking, 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 and we're, we're walking toward the Eiffel Tower, but it seemed forever away. It was kind of like, if you ever feel like you or have felt inspired to walk toward a rainbow, like if you had any sense that you could get to the end, and I don't know if you would expect a pot of gold or a leprechaun or anything, but just feeling like you could, that it was something you could actually achieve. That's how we felt walking toward the Eiffel Tower. Somehow it seemed to be moving further from us. I don't know, but that's what I picture in my mind when I think about the horizon. And by the way, let me let me just share too. We didn't have GPS. We didn't have cell phones. We, they weren't even on the Euro yet, okay? So this was old school, 1900s. We had no sense of how far away the Eiffel Tower was. And we were becoming increasingly frustrated because the ideal was to get to the Eiffel Tower. Well, so we ended up taking a train, got there far more efficiently. It was all good. But that's what I have in my mind when I think about the horizon and the ideal. If you don't have any sense of how far it is, you're just going to continually get frustrated. Okay, back to the book. Similarly, you can't reach your ideals because no matter how far you go, your ideals will always stretch way, way beyond where you're now at. This doesn't mean you shouldn't have ideals. It doesn't mean ideals aren't useful. On the contrary, ideals are incredibly useful for providing direction to set spatial and specific goals to progress toward. However, even after you've set clear, specific, and measurable goals, it's still easy to go into the gap. You can go in the gap if you didn't hit the goal, measuring your progress against the target and feeling like a loser for not having succeeded. You can also go into the gap if you did hit the target, measuring your progress against some different ideal beyond or different from the target itself. Both are destructive, both are painful, both corrode the joy you could experience by being in the game. Fundamentally, the gap is an unhealthy need you've placed on something outside of yourself to avoid facing the truth within. When you're in the gap, you think you need the ideal. You need that new car, need that deal 
need that new client, need the weather to be better, that bestseller, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. No matter how much you achieve or consume, if you're in the gap, your endless needing won't go away. It will only get worse. The gap can never be satisfied externally, even though you may spend your life chasing that mirage. So in the next section, he talks a little bit about Matthew Perry, which is really interesting because if you're a Friends fan and if you're, I don't know, if you have uh, electricity, you're probably aware that that um, Matthew Perry, Perry recently passed away, which makes me particularly sad because I was a big Friends fan, um, had a little bit of crush on Chandler, um, and I even had Jennifer Aniston hair back in the day. So back to the book. Take, for example, the actor Matthew Perry, who starred as Chandler Bing in the television show Friends. In his memoir, Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing, Perry describes his lifetime of chasing fame, women, alcohol, and drugs to ultimately fill a gap inside. As he describes, I was pretty sure fame would change everything, and I yearned for it more than any other person on the face of the planet. I needed it. It was the only thing that would fix me. I was certain of it. But the magic never lasts. Whatever holds your filling seemed to keep opening back up. It's like whack-a-mole. Maybe it was because I was always trying to fill a spiritual hole with a material thing. Being in the gap, like any addiction, is a sickness. Entrepreneurs may experience a lifetime of achievement, yet their self-confidence will decrease with every win. Many successful people who adopt this mindset take extreme measures to numb their pain. Spoiler alert, the gain is the antidote, but we'll get to that in a second. If you stay in the gap, going for 10x will be traumatic. Instead of being motivated by your goals, your goals will burn you out. So 10x is really achieving your goals 10 times faster. And this is me again, not the book, but it's really achieving your goals 10 times faster rather than 2xing your goals, which is kind of going through the motions and doing things the way you've always done. My words, not Dan Sullivan's. Okay, back to the book. Hilariously, many gap-minded entrepreneurs rationalize their mindset saying it's the reason they're successful because they're never satisfied. They're always stretching and reaching for more. All the while, they miss the point that they're missing the point. Usually not until after it's too late do they realize they paid too heavy a price to continually chase their ideals, missing this moment right here and right now. Kind of like kindergarten, right? When we don't really fully appreciate nap time and snack time. Does this mean you shouldn't go for 10x? Does this mean you should let go of all ambitions and goals? Although that's the knee-jerk reaction and conclusion many come to, that you should just let go of goals, dreams, and 10x altogether, that's not what being in the game is about. Letting go of your dreams isn't the answer. Your life will be bleak and purposeless without massive and stretching 10x goals and meanings to fulfill. So then what does it mean to be in the game? And how can you possibly have both, where you're stretching and transforming toward huge dreams, yet fully happy and satisfied with where you are now? Again, it all comes down to how you measure yourself and your experiences. The gap is a reactive and external approach to measuring yourself and your experiences. The gain is a proactive, creative, and internal approach to measuring yourself and your experiences. When you're in the gain, you're never measuring yourself against anything external. You're only measuring yourself against yourself. More directly, you're measuring yourself against where you were before. While in the gain, you have ideals as well as clear and specific goals you're stretching toward, even 10x goals. But you're not measuring yourself against those ideals or even against your goals. Instead, you're only measuring yourself backward against where and who you were before. As Dan states, the only way to measure the distance you traveled is by measuring from where you are back to the point where you started, not from where you are toward the horizon. 
By measuring yourself backward, you're actually seeing and appreciating your progress, which is your own. By seeing and appreciating your progress, you feel enormously better and clearer on who you are and where you're at. This feeling of confidence and momentum is essential to going 10x. It helps you keep proper perspective of where you're at and what's going on. The truth is you're making far more progress than it sometimes feels like. Regularly reflecting on, appreciating, and measuring that progress immediately lightens the weight of 10x. It boosts you forward on your best and worst days. But there's something deeper than merely recognizing and measuring your progress regularly. By regularly measuring yourself backward, you begin to view your past differently. You begin to see wins and gains you normally wouldn't consider progress into new insights, standards, and growth. So then they go on the book to share some research from a psychology and neuroscience standpoint that really backs up the whole gap versus gain concept. And something I really appreciate about it as well is that it aligns with positive intelligence, which is something I I talked about a couple episodes ago when I was talking about saboteurs and how each of us has saboteurs. As humans, we all have these saboteurs that are really our automatic, our habitual patterns in our mind that we developed as we were growing up based upon our environment, our conditions, our experiences, all the things. And the reason we develop them is because we need to survive, right? We want to survive. We want to protect ourselves. So regardless of what trauma we did or didn't have, we all have them because we were just learning and and being conditioned as, as we grew up. So it's possible to change those. They stay with us throughout our lives unless we consciously recognize they exist and we do something to change them. Otherwise, they're just going to stay there. They're going to continue to lead us to believe that, you know, they're preventing us from being harmed. They're keeping us safe. They're, you know, doing all these things that are actually limiting us and preventing us from from progressing to where we want to progress. And it's actually something I talked about with Beth Priesner in the last episode as well, because she's also a positive intelligence coach, aka mental fitness coach. And so it just aligns, like I had said before, with with all types of coaching, with all types of human behavior, all the things. So anyway, so they get into that, not positive intelligence specifically, but they get into a lot of the research in the book as well. Um, okay, so back to the book. Practicing a gain mindset is very simple. At the end of each day, you could write down three wins you had that day. So that's something they're suggesting in the book that I really like because something I've had a practice of over the last quite a few years now, I guess, is journaling a lot more than I used to. I used to think journaling was a little woo-woo, kind of a waste of time because it wasn't on my to-do list, right? (laughs) It didn't seem like a productive activity. But over the last several years, I've done some gratitude journaling. I've done um, lots of different types of journaling, depending upon the, I guess, you know, what I'm working through on a particular day. But I really like what they recommend here is just writing down wins. And those wins don't have to be accomplishments per se. It doesn't have to be, okay, what did you get done today? But what were your wins for the day? So it could be something you learned. It could be um, progress toward a goal. It could be an experience that you had. It could be spending time with your kids, right? It's a win of some sort. So back to the book, by focusing on the gains in your life, you'll begin to feel like you're always winning. You'll begin to see and create more gains from every day and every experience. Consequently, you'll be able to create more gains from every day. And they also say, 
whatever you focus on expands. Whatever you focus on expands. And whatever you see, you create more of. And so often when we are focused on the gap and the difference between where we are and the ideal, it's really hard to get more of what you actually want because we're focused on the gap between the two things. So in the book, he has a number of questions that I would really encourage you to ask yourself because it's not just a matter of thinking, okay, I need to shift. I need to move from this gap mindset to this gain mindset, right? It really takes some self-reflection. And this is something, I just finished the book today, but this is something that I want to do too, that I'm going to do, um, is really think about how to how to respond to these questions. So here's, here's some of the questions that, that are shared. How have you grown as a person over the past three years? How have you grown as a person over the past three years? Now, your immediate response to that question might be, I haven't. I'm in the same job. I'm in the same house. I have, you know, the same number of kids, whatever that is. That might be your immediate response. But if you really take time to reflect and think that through, you're a very different person now than you were three days ago. Not an absolutely, completely different person, but you're different in a lot of ways, especially given three years ago is 2020, right? So (laughs) depending upon when you're listening to this, but really, we're all different people than we were in 2020. Another question, what are the biggest things you've learned in the past 12 months? What are the biggest things you've learned in the past 12 months? Again, your immediate response might be, I I don't know, I haven't learned anything. But you absolutely have. We learn something new every day, whether it's about ourselves, other people, situations, whatever it is. What are the biggest three things, excuse me, what are the biggest things you've learned in the past 12 months? What are 10 important things you've accomplished in the past 12 months. 10 important things you've accomplished in the past 12 months. What meaningful experiences have you had in the past 90 days? And meaningful experiences could be, you know, what's meaningful to you, not what is meaningful to other people or what you should deem meaningful. Really, what's meaningful to you and what what have those meaningful experiences been in the past 90 days? Okay, four more questions. How are you clearer on your goals and vision How are you clearer on your goals and vision than you were 90 days ago? In what ways is your life different and better than it was 30 days ago? What important progress have you made the past seven days? And what progress have you made in the last 24 hours? Again, it might feel like you've been running around like a chicken with your head cut off the last 24 hours. And you're thinking, I I haven't progressed at all in 24 hours. In fact, I'm further behind. But when you really think about it and you really stop and you just have this idea in your mind and you take time to respond to it, you've progressed in some way in the last 24 hours. Even if it's, you know, your response is, I've progressed by recognizing I can't get everything done. (laughs) That's progress, right? So no matter where you're currently at in your 10X process, you're making gains. You're making more gains than you actually realize. Regularly referencing your gains enables you to see and feel that progress. Taking ownership of your experiences also enables you to transform your experiences into more gains. By learning more from every experience you have, you'll stop repeating needless errors. You'll never plateau as a person. Even if externally it appears you've gone backward, 
like Dan going bankrupt and getting divorced on the same day, which is a story shared earlier, you can turn any experience into a gain. In the gain, rather than being the victim to your experiences and situations, you gratefully learn from every experience and get better. So he goes on and on and just a little bit more that I really want to share. When you're in the gain, everything happens for you, not to you. And when we're in that gap mentality, we it feels like things are happening to us, right? It's really just, which just prevents us from, from moving out of that gap mentality. You become anti-fragile. Every experience is valuable. You continually learn from every experience. You're always getting better, always learning, always taking nuggets from even the most mundane. So I hope that you gain something from this podcast. I really hope that you ask yourself these questions, even if it's just one, even if it's just one of the, let's see, what did I ask? Eight questions. Take some time for yourself to just reflect and think through, okay, if I were to really focus on what, how I've progressed since whatever point in time you, you choose, how have I progressed? What progress have I made? And you're comparing yourself right now to the you you were before. Not anyone else, now where you think you should be, not where other people think you should be, but comparing yourself, your, your current self to your old self. What progress have you made? That is going to make you so much happier considering that than when you are focused on your ideal situation and where you are now versus your ideal. Now, I just want to emphasize that your ideal is important and visualizing what you truly want is important because you're never going to get to something you you don't even know exists, right? You're really going to limit yourself when you're not visualizing what you truly want and you're just kind of going on autopilot, just kind of going through the motions of life. It's really important to have an ideal in mind, but when you're constantly measuring yourself and measuring your progress against that ideal, you're always going to feel some level of disappointment and some level of unhappiness. So focus on what you want. Consider what you truly want. Visualize that. Really expand the possibilities and have a vision in mind. But I encourage you to stop obsessing about where you are relative to that ideal and instead focus on where you are relative to the previous version of yourself. So hopefully that makes sense and helps in some way. It doesn't mean you stay content. It doesn't mean you shoot for status quo. It simply means really consider the progress you've made and celebrate it. And that is something I'm constantly reminding myself of. And um, it's really hard for me to do too. So I am on this journey as well. And I will be until the day I die. (laughs) So... I hope you have an amazing couple weeks and I will be back soon. And if you would like some assistance with visualizing what you truly want, not what you need, but what you truly want, if you would like help really recognizing the progress you've made, I would love to partner with you in that. I love to encourage. I love to help people recognize their gifts all the things. So reach out to me, all my infos in the show notes. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it. Please share with your friends. If you'd like me to read another book, I'm happy to do that too. You can get a snack next time too. So I will talk to you again soon. Thanks for joining. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Dash Mindset Podcast. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast player, tell your friends and leave us a review. Follow me on my social media platforms highlighted in the show notes and get in touch with me at the-mindset.com. Share the topics you'd like me to explore in future episodes. Thanks again for listening to the Dash Mindset Podcast. We'll see you next time. Design and differentiate your Dash, your way, and make today amazing.